Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of Men Alive. Dr. Jim. Let me begin with a story about spontaneously sharing my faith in Jesus Christ and what happened. Being a witness is easier if God directs the flow. Here's my story. My wife Rita was getting her hair styled. I was waiting to meet her. Other guys were waiting as well, and I began looking at a pre-publication draft of a book I was writing. The young man beside me asked, What you reading? A book I wrote was my opening teaser, as I showed him the cover with an African three-stone cooking fire. Really? What's it all about? If I tell you, may I ask you three questions? Sure, was his response. Obviously, neither of us were in a hurry to leave the shop. It's called The Art of Education. Can you tell me what comes to your mind when you hear the word training? Well, he said, I guess a trainer would demonstrate how to do something, show somebody first, and then explain the procedure or the steps by telling them how they can do it. Excellent. You've got it, I said. Then I pointed to the part that said teaching. Think of your favorite teacher and tell me why you remember him or her. That's easy, he responded. Mr. Burns, grade 12 socials. He'd paint a picture in your head and then explain details that help you forever remember things like the Second World War or whatever he was teaching. I like that phrase, I said. Paint a picture in your head. I then pointed to the discipling section. Okay, here's my third question. What does the word discipling mean to you? He paused. That's a tough one. Is it sort of like mentoring or tutoring? Sort of. I waited for him to give more of an answer. You have me stumped a bit, he said. What does discipling mean? I was amazed. With only three questions, a total stranger, I found out his name later was Creighton, asked me to show him a concept that he now desired to learn more about rather than me forcing him to learn a concept that I was bursting to tell him more about. There we sat, fellow learners engaged in a dialogue, painting word pictures in each other's head to describe integrity, integra, integration, and the meaning of sincerity in our character. I told Creighton the illustration of teaching my grade 6 students the evils of smoking and blowing away my integrity in the eyes of one of my students when she saw me smoking. Do you still smoke, Creighton asked. No, I actually quit smoking the same year that student saw me smoking. How did you do that? I told him about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ and the change his power of forgiveness made in my life and the power he gave me to quit smoking. Creighton injected, I was raised Catholic, but I'm fascinated by the teachings of Buddhism. And just at that moment, his girlfriend walked in, all smiles with her new hairstyle. Creighton quietly paused, placed the magazine he'd been reading on the table, and added, Thanks for the ideas, Jim. He shook my hand, and he left. End of story. Stay tuned. It takes boldness to speak to a person about their salvation. But I've heard you say, Jim, that a prophet never knocks when the house is on fire. That's true. We moved into a four-story condominium a few years ago, 
Our Strata Council permits barbecue cookers if they're kept outside clean and always attended. One day we were away and our neighbor decided to barbecue on their patio. He took the meat off the grill, turned up the heat to clean the grill, closed the lid and went in for dinner. When he returned and lifted the lid, a huge flame rose from the grill. Let me guess, Jim. The higher heat ignited grease drippings under the grill. When he opened the lid, the air hit it and there was a minor explosion of flames. You got it, Pablo. Poof! A flame shot up in the air and another neighbor saw the flames and yelled, I'm bringing a fire extinguisher. He ran and put the fire out before it did any damage. When he told me the story, I began thinking about the prophets in the Hebrew Bible. They were chosen by God to deliver an urgent message to the Jewish people. A very urgent message like, your house is on fire, do something quick or it's going to burn to the ground. This made me think about the kind of men God chose to be his prophets and his witnesses. Ordinary men from a variety of backgrounds, each chosen by God to tell what God had told them. God can use any person to be his witness if that person is obedient to God's word. Consider the ones called prophets or spokesmen in the Hebrew Bible. Amos was a farmer and a shepherd. Isaiah was a first cousin to a king, King Uzziah. Jeremiah was the son of a priest and a very young child. Ezekiel was a priest and Haggai was an old man. Each one was clearly called or chosen to give voice to God's word to the people. God told Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1.5 Every Christian man listening to this program was chosen by God before they were born to be set apart to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Pablo, you and I and all the men listening were born to be alive today for such a time as this. We were not born to sail with Christopher Columbus in 1492. We were not born to be part of the forming of Confederation in 1867. We were born on a specific day in history to be alive today, to do this broadcast at this precise moment in history to speak God's words into the ears and heart of individuals listening today. Words that can alter their life for eternity. You're listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. Contact Dr. Jim at the email address menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Jim, every Christian man can be a spokesman for what God has written in his word to share with others how to know him and serve him. Pablo, you were a radio announcer and a Bible smuggler. I was a teacher, and God is using us as a team to share insights God gave us over the years to encourage men to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Here's the challenge. We must speak only the word of God and say it in terms the hearer can understand. Christ's disciple Peter wrote these words, No prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In the Hebrew Bible, that Christians call the Old Testament, 
A prophet had a very scary role. As one speaking God's word, keeping in mind they did not have a full written Bible in those days, the prophet had to make certain he was speaking God's words clearly and exactly with nothing added. The proof that you were a prophet was that your words were 100% accurate. If you claimed to be speaking on behalf of God, Jeremiah said, When the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. Jeremiah 28.9 We are to be witnesses to others of our faith in Christ. But like Christians in the first century, we need to have one common element. Boldness. Acts 4.31 says, When they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. The early witnesses told that what they had seen and what they had heard with great boldness. Revelation 12.11 says, And they overcame him, Satan, because of the blood of the Lamb, because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. They were bold. But Paul asked Christians, Pray on my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Ephesians 6.19 To Christians in Thessalonica, the Apostle Paul said, After we had already suffered and been treated abusively in Philippi, as you know, we then had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. 1 Thessalonians 2.2 Strange as it sounds, it appears that sometimes more opposition gives us more boldness. And the Hebrew prophets closely identified with the people in their time of need. When Israel sinned as a nation and was taken in captivity to Babylon, Daniel, one of my favorite prophets, prayed to God and said, Now, O Lord our God, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Daniel 9.15-16 Daniel identified with the people. He did not say us and them, but we. A prophet and a witness for Christ loves people and is compassionate to those who suffer injustice even when they live in rebellion and idolatry. A witness can be exceedingly unpopular with those outside the will of God. Herod arrested the prophet they called John the Baptist and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for John had been saying to him, It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife, Matthew 141 12 King Ahab sarcastically greeted Elijah one day by saying, Here comes the troublemaker of Israel. Rebellious authorities do not like prophets or Bible teachers. Many times prophets were misunderstood by religious people. Jesus said in Matthew 13, And they, the people in Jesus' hometown synagogue, took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honor. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Christians are not infallible, but people do listen when we speak God's word, as directed by his Holy Spirit. 
Nathan the prophet had to go to King David twice and tell him God's decision. That was not what David wanted to hear. Once God said, You cannot build my holy temple because your hands have blood on them. The temple will be built by your son Solomon. The second time was when David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Again, Nathan came and confronted King David and announced that the child born to Bathsheba would die. It was never popular to be a prophet or a spokesperson teaching God's word to those in authority. The story has not ended. Perhaps like the story of Creighton at the beginning, we are about to end this broadcast, and you may want to thank me for the insight, shake my hands, figuratively speaking, and leave. But I pray we have tweaked your interest to be bold to tell others about Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. There you have it, men. Understanding salvation is like learning the 26 letters of the English alphabet from A to Z. They say, aha, so that's what it means. Now I see it. And they respond by inviting Christ to take control of their life. To help your understanding, check out our website at goteachglobal.com for more information and other programs. And share your feedback with us at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks encouraging you to be men alive, transformed to be like Jesus Christ.